listening to On The Road with Mike and Andy, the number one Australian weekly trucking podcast made for Aussie truckies by Aussie truckies. We're here to bring an independent voice to truckies right around Australia. So please do us a favour, listen in on your favourite podcast platform, hit like and subscribe, leave a comment and don't forget to tell your mates about us. On the Road is brought to you by NTI, Australia's leading transport and logistics insurer. Visit the website at nti.com.au. G'day and welcome back. It's On the Road episode 77, which just happens to be my favourite number, but that's neither here nor there. On this week's show, Mike's gone double whammy with the interviews, being joined for a chat by Mary O'Brien from Are You Bog, Mate?, and a little later on, in something to talk about, he's with Andrea Hamilton Vaughan to talk about National Driver Fatigue Week. I get a chance to talk to Michael War about his new single about the drop, plus even more great music from one of our great mates, James Johnston. All the latest from the newsroom, plus a truckload more, so let's get this show on the road! Yes, get over there! G'day, I'm Yogi from Outback Chuckers, and when I'm on the road, we're always on the road doing stuff out on the road, but when we're on the road, we're listening to the big rigs on the road. <laughs> this is Simon Smith here from the Australian Big Rig Radio Roadshow.com. Truck and radio is what we do across Australia 24-7. Loads of truck and classics every hour. If you'd like to drop us a line, love to hear from you at some stage. Our email address, bigrigradio at yahoo.com.au. Catch it down the road and take it steady out there. The Australian Big Rig Radio Roadshow.com. Mary O'Brien, are you bogged, mate? I came across Mary on social media, as I often do, and I saw a picture of her standing in front of one of Fraser's stock crates and they're giving her a fuel cart. So she's going to go and burn a bit of that diesel there. And I thought, ah, oh, we need to talk to this lady. Mary O'Brien, how you going? Welcome to the show. I'm fantastic, Mike. Thanks so much for having me on. Right, <laughs> no worries. So are you bogged, mate? What's that all about? Well, it's about rural men's mental health and I suppose men's mental health in general. I guess it's the analogy I use of comparing mental health, depression, suicide, that sort of issues with getting bogged that sometimes, you know, we can get ourselves through those sticky patches and sometimes we can't. Sometimes we actually need to ask somebody for a hand to get out of it. Yeah. So that's the crux of it. Yeah. We never burn the machine because it's so badly bogged. We just don't get out, throw a match in it, walk away and say, bugger it, that's too hard. So we always take the time and trouble to get it out. I don't know, mate, I came with that badly bogged one, so I was very tempted just to leave it there. <laughs> <laughs> bit tempting. But you're right, Andy and I take a fairly serious view about mental health, and as we say in our little bit that we run on the show every week, we've got plenty of time on our own, and I don't know about you, but when I'm sitting behind the wheel for hours on end, that's where I come up with some of my worst ideas, and get time to have the conversations over and over and over in the head, and sometimes that's not good either. And I'm sure it's the same for a farmer sitting on his harvester or his tractor or whatever. There's plenty of opportunity for us blokes and ladies as well to overanalyze things, isn't there? Yeah, I think there certainly is. And yeah, it's that time alone in your own head with your own thoughts can be positive or negative. Sometimes the longer we sit there in our own thoughts, and I do a lot of miles, but lucky I'm not a truckie because I'd blow the logbook system to bits. <laughs> I actually quite enjoy it. 
but I know what you mean that you're sometimes going over those conversations, shoulda, woulda, coulda, mm. and we have to remember that we're supposed to be looking through the windscreen to drive down the road, not constantly in the rear view mirror, because if we just look in the rear view mirror, we're going to run into mm. So you've got to look forward and, yeah, you can make that time alone with your thoughts, positive or negative. I often come up with some of my best ideas on long trips. The longer, the straighter, the flatter the road, the better. <laughs> I've got your webpage open in front of me, and there's some pretty interesting bogged things on there, mate. There's a bogged tractor and a bogged sprayer. Yep. And a few bogged blokes, I think, by the look of it. Yep. <laughs> Are you bogged, mate? It's all about helping country blokes talk about mental health and suicide while spreading awareness about depression in the bush. From the truck driver's point of view, I mean, we're in the bush, we're in the country, we're all over the place. Is there a place in this organisation for truckies as well? Oh, absolutely. And look, I have definitely gone and spoken to trucking companies and to their drivers because what I'm saying seems to make sense to most men and certainly a lot of women as well. It's understanding the way that men operate quite differently to women often, Mm. but it's keeping it real and keeping it practical. And I think that makes sense to truck drivers as well. I know a lot of people think I'm just focused on farmers, but it's not. It's really all rural men or men in general, I guess. When you get into a rural community, farmers aren't the only men there. You've got the bloke who owns the pub, the bloke who owns the local store, you've got the agronomist, you've got the rural bankers, you've got the local vet. They're all part of this. And, you know, the truck drivers, the shearers, it doesn't matter. They're all part of this rural male demographic, I guess. So I suppose probably one of the biggest things that you would do, and I suppose one of the biggest challenges that you have if you sort of start to think you might need help, as you say, bridging the gap, trying to find a way to connect with the resources that are available for you to take advantage of, So that's something that you help happen, is it? Yeah, for sure. And I think the way I explain it and talk about mental health, I guess most people take a fairly serious and to me it's sugar-coated way of looking at it and talking about it and soften it all up, whereas I actually just strip the bullshit away and just give them the hard, cold facts. Um, I'm fairly irreverent about it, fairly politically incorrect, I guess, (laughs) compared to mainstream stuff. I don't sugarcoat it, and I think that most practical people just appreciate that. They don't want all the fluffy stuff. They just want... This is what it is. This is what can happen, and this is what we do about it. Mm. So connecting those blokes who would probably have never talked to anybody before, they will approach me, and, you know, we have some connections on our website of places they can go. But things that work particularly for men in isolation, which is perfect for for truckies or people in isolation in general, services that they can access from wherever they are, that they don't have to make appointments, leave their comfort zone, and go somewhere else. Stuff that's going to work for these sort of people, which tends to work to the way that they communicate, the way they learn, the way they understand things, rather than, I guess, what fits the mainstream textbook thing of how they're supposed to seek help. Yeah. I don't know about you. I don't know about other people. My vision is that you sort of end up with the picture of a group of people sitting in a circle on a chair with someone sitting there and whose turn is it to share today? And that sort of prospect really scares me. I'm not sure I'd want to do that. Well, I'm bloody sure I wouldn't want to do it. (laughs) So there's got to be other ways, isn't there? Yeah, there has. I give them some more practical ways to talk about it as well. Mm. And, you know, that's the thing. Men tend to talk about facts. And as a general rule, women will tend to go to the emotions, like talk about emotions. So I give them some simple ways to talk about this stuff without getting all fluffy. And I actually say in my presentations, look, don't panic. This does not have to be a big pink fluffy conversation with everybody sitting around holding hands, singing kumbaya. (laughs) And give them some practical ways to talk about this that is just bare bones facts. And I've had blokes come up to me afterwards and say, you know, I didn't want to come to this because I thought it was going to be another kumbaya session. Yeah, yeah. And it just wasn't. So that's good. I see on your upcoming events, 
obviously today, and it's going to give away when we record it, but you're out at Finley today. Yep. And you've got a few things on. It seems as though you do things on the weekend and during the week. God, you get around too. Air, Adelong, Corowa. Yeah. Bogged in Jingalink. If you're bogged in Jingalink on February the 15th, you can go and have a look. 8.30am. It's a bit early in the day to be bogged. <laughs> yeah. You've got to work to the communities, I guess, and, and what time suit them. Some people prefer a weekend evening event. Some people want a weekday breakfast event. So, How do you organise the events, Mary? Well, people essentially send an email through the website. Mm-hmm. And I'm very lucky to now have a part-time PA who can get back to them and say, righto, we're going to be in that area these couple of weeks. We'll put you on the list and when it gets a bit closer, we try and keep our costs to a minimum for a bit of a run. And so we work a run through the state. Yeah. Yeah, currently in Victoria for about two and a half, three weeks. And that very southern New South Wales bit. Yep. Haven't been able to get here for a while. A couple of borders been closed. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I could have come any time. I just could have never gone home to Queensland. Yep. So down here for a few weeks and... Yeah, I think I'm home for just under 24 hours and I'm flying to North Queensland to air to an event up there. Yeah. And then a week or so later off to South Australia. So we'll go anywhere in Australia. I do do a fair bit of driving. So, yeah, we're keeping busy with it. You've got the web page there, are you bogged, mate? Are you bogged, B-O-G-G-E-D, mate, dot com dot A-U. People can go there and they can have a bit of a look. They can see what's going on. You've got your upcoming events. They can donate to you and help you out or sponsor you like Fraser's did. And I've got to give Fraser's a big shout out. Give you a diesel card to help you get around. That's a pretty good thing, I think. Oh, they're absolute champions. That's just going to help out so much. We are a registered charity, so any donations are tax deductible. We don't have government funding because the politically correct mainstream <laughs> sort of stuff doesn't really like the way I do things because I don't follow their rule book. Yeah. But you know what? That's actually what's working for a lot of the people that we capture and the lives that we save is that we don't fit the mould. So it's very rewarding work, I can tell you, when you hear back from somebody that has taken some other options instead of the burn the vehicle one. Yep. And yeah, that's pretty good stuff. I'm going to take a quick break now to hear from our sponsors. When we come back, we'll talk to you about how you got into it and where you're going and what you think's going to happen down the track. There's nothing more devastating for a truck operator than to be involved in a serious road incident. We've all seen the impact of heavy vehicle accidents and at these times, when people are most vulnerable, it's critical that they have immediate support from a strong, stable, reliable and experienced organisation. NTI is Australia's number one truck insurer, the specialist you can count on to protect your transport and logistics assets, with the know-how to take control of the situation and the capability to reduce lost income by getting trucks back on the road again as soon as possible. Specialist products, experienced people, accredited repair and recovery networks and industry advocacy is what we do. It's our specialty and we've been doing it for more than 45 years. For more information, visit the website at nti.com.au or go to the NTI Facebook page. We're back with Mary O'Brien from Are You Bogged, Mate? And we're going to find out now a few more things about where it all came from, where it all got started and what your background is in all this. I grew up on a sheep and cattle property in southwest Queensland. Right. And I guess I've always worked in the rural sector and particularly around men, and I quite enjoy that. You know, I find them pretty easy to get along with. What, men? Yes. Are you sure? (laughs) Very sure. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) And I guess I tend to communicate a bit like they do, so Mm. I learn the way they do and understand things the way they do. 
And a few years ago, you know, we lost two blokes to suicide in my area within three weeks. Mm. And it was one of those things that just rattles the community as these things do. Mm. My job essentially, what I did was travel around Australia, talking mainly to men, mainly to farmers about spray application. So that's my area of expertise is the spray application for pesticides. And so they buy these big expensive machines and we talk about the ways they can use them better. I guess on the back of these two suicides, I was like, wow, I spend so much time with different men around the country. Like, what can I do to maybe stop this happening? I don't know anything about it. Yep. So I went on a bit of a mission to upskill myself in this space and read a lot of information written by people with qualifications. I've got plenty of letters after my name, but nothing in mental health. Mm. And everything I read, I just disagreed with. And I thought, they don't actually understand these blokes and they just can't communicate with them. Yep. Because all they were saying was we need to change them. And I thought, what a crock of Yeah. And essentially, I sat down and wrote an opinion piece. It was just an article I wrote to tell people what I think. Right. And I never set out to start anything. I never meant for it to become this big viral thing, but that's what happened. Yeah. Apparently, there's a lot more people out there agreed with me in what I said. Yeah. So that's how it started. And people started saying, oh, at the India Spray Workshop, can you talk about being bogged for a couple of minutes? And it sort of grew to, can you just come and talk about bog? Yeah. Yeah. So it just sort of grew organically by itself, I guess. So now you don't talk about sprays, you talk about getting bogged. Well, I haven't had to talk about spray for a few years, really, with the drought. But that's sort of come up again this summer with a bit more rain around. There's been a bit of that. Yeah. Some of the Vic farmers saw on social media that I was down here in Victoria doing the bog stuff and got emails saying, oh, can you come and do a spray workshop? So yesterday I went and did a spray workshop as well. Yeah. So a few more hours in the day would be handy or a few more days in the week. So you're spending your time driving around talking to bog blokes and sprayers. Yep. <laughs> Unbelievable. What a life. Yeah, it's pretty good. You get to see some <laughs> awesome parts of the country and meet, and meet some amazing people. Yeah, I certainly like looking out the windscreen myself. What do you see happening down the track? There's a lot of organisations that are out there trying to help people out. You strike me as being a bit different. There's a place for everyone. I mean, we're all different. I know I prefer the stuff with the candy coating knocked off. I prefer more of a direct conversation. Yeah. Life has changed a little bit. I suppose I've accepted as I've got a little bit older that I A, don't know everything and B, can probably use a hand occasionally and C, probably should actually feel comfortable about asking for one if I need it. I think if I could ask someone who would tell me the truth and I could have faith in, that would go a long way. And I'm not one for sitting in circles singing Kumbaya. <laughs> you sound like a better fit to me. Yeah, well, thank you. I think that's the bottom line because... I prefer direct conversations and I'm probably too direct for people a lot of the time, but I'm not a mind reader. And so if you don't say what you mean, then don't let me have to go away and think about it because I'm not going to do that. Yeah. So, you know, here's the facts, like it or lump it. And if people get offended, my response to that is offense is never given, it's only taken. So that's right. Yeah. Yeah. I think the direct approach certainly works for a lot of people and it's definitely not fitting the mold. And that's okay. That's good. It might upset some people, but you know what? If we save one life, then it's totally worth it. I agree. You're obviously dealing with people that are truckies, farmers, rural country people that are more independent. They're more self-reliant generally. They'd like to help their mates and they sometimes go off and curl up in a corner. I know I've done that. There's a space there for everyone. And I think that those sort of people rely more on that direct approach. The other thing that I've got to say to you as well You've got a space on there for if you've got a mate that's bogged, eh? Yeah, and things that people can do to help their mates. 
one of the big things I push is prevention. And that doesn't matter what health condition we're talking about, whether it's mental health, physical health, yeah. early intervention and prevention is always the best cure. Yeah. And so I talk a fair bit about taking time for yourself and whether that's going fishing or playing footy or going into the shed and doing some woodwork, whatever you do for yourself, mm. you need to actually prioritise that and make the time to do that. Yeah. We all get busy. We all get stressed. We all go through those rough patches. And sometimes we have to push through a bit. Mm. But when that's done, it's going, right, oh, I need the weekend off or I need to go to bed earlier or whatever it is. Yeah. So, yeah, a bit of that self-care stuff, I guess, if that's the fluffy word. But I think we need some of that stuff with the sugar coating and the pink fluffy stuff because that works for some people. Yeah. But we need a variety. And I guess what I'm trying to do is make something that's different to the other stuff that's going to capture those ones that don't go for the mainstream type approach. A diverse array of services out there to meet, I guess, the diverse needs of, of the people out there. Yeah. So let's just let the listeners know what you've got coming up. G'day listeners, it's Andy here. Now at this point in the interview, neither Mike or Mary would have known that this interview would be going to air a week later than was originally scheduled. So there's a couple of minutes worth of stuff that's now on the editing room floor, well figuratively speaking anyway. The ensuing chat however was too good to cut out, so we'll now return you to the appropriately edited Mike and Mary show. You're in Corowa on the 23rd. Yes, I think it's the council or something putting on an event there. There's a dinner there in Corowa. Well, it's worth driving down to Corowa just to go for tea. <laughs> I can tell you a funny story about Corowa too. Oh, dear. Would you like to hear it? Yes. Put on a load of timber in Mount Gambia. It was going to Corowa, this load of timber. But when I read the paperwork, I read Cowra. Oh, no. <laughs> right? And, of course, I folded it up and just stuck it in the door pocket in the truck. and Drove to Cowra. <laughs> I don't know what possessed me. I didn't even look at the paperwork again. I worry about the address when I get up there, you know. Yep. And I pulled up at the top of the hill there at Cowra. I pulled the paperwork out and it said Bloody Corowa. Oh, no. And I was known to driver then, so I was paying for my own fuel. <laughs> Bugger. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I was a little bit bogged there for a while, mate. Yeah, yeah. You. <laughs> yeah, you've got to be careful with some of these names and, oh, boy. Oh, Bloody Corowa, Cowra. My geography's getting a lot better. Mm. We haven't got them up on the website yet, but the first two weeks of March, I'm down in South Australia. Yep. People say now, oh, I live at such and such. Have you ever heard of it? I'm like, yep, been there. Been there. <laughs> Thanks for coming on the show and having a chat with us about Are You Bogged, Mate? We can go to the website at areyoubogmate.com.au and see all your stuff there, where you're going to be and all that, can't we? Yep. Thanks so much for having me on, Mike. Really appreciate it. Hopefully what I'm saying makes a bit of sense to some truck drivers out there too. You can just go to these events, contact, donate, sponsor. If you're of a mind, get help for yourself, get help for your mates and do something. Because I know, speaking for me, I'd rather talk to you than attend your funeral. I know that. Absolutely. Love your work, mate. I really do appreciate it. Thanks very much for everything you're doing. We'll catch you on the road. Thanks, mate. We'll see you on the road. Well, that was Mary O'Brien. Are you bogged, mate? That's a great little organisation. Mary's done a lot of work to get that sorted. She's got some great sponsorship happening, as I said, from Fraser's. If you want to help her out, please go to the website, mate. You can make a donation. You can support them. You can help organise events. There's all sorts of things that you can do. Help your mates out. I think it's a great way to put it. Are you bogged, mate? It really does sound like something that's right up a practical bloke's alley to try and get some of the help that we may need. Line number one.
We just wanted to stop by for a moment and say, G'day, how are you? No, I mean, how are you, really? Physical and mental health is a significant issue for the Australian road transport and logistics industries. Risk factors like long hours, workplace isolation, pressure to meet deadline deliveries and the need for continual alertness all contribute to making us vulnerable to physical and mental health issues. As much as it might feel that way sometimes, you are not alone. There are some incredible people and organisations in our industry whose sole focus is on helping you to stay healthy in body, mind and spirit. All these numbers and addresses are listed on our website at ontheroadpodcast.com.au. Take care of yourselves. We really just want to see everyone get home safe and well. Kermie here from Trucking with Kermie. I listen to On the Road podcast every week on the Australian Big Rigs Road Show. And when that's done, you might like to pop over to Trucking with Kermie on Facebook for my take on trucking and the people who make the industry what it is. Catch you over there, and in the meantime, take care of you. Just a quick word about our sponsors. Go to our webpage, www.ontheroadpodcast.com.au and you can see who the friends of the show are. And if their products are something that you are interested in or something that you may need, please support them because they support us and they bring our show to you. Michael Waugh has been described as a songwriter's songwriter, an extraordinary storyteller and a compelling live performer. Michael is a busy man juggling a career as a high school teacher, supporting kids to pursue their own creative dreams, and as a writing, recording and touring artist. He's just released his fourth album, and our featured song this week titled He Taught Me, drawn from the album, has been met with great critical acclaim, being nominated for two Golden Guitar Awards. His new single has been called A Big Hearted Little Song, and it's a tribute to his late father telling a very vivid Aussie story of the father-son relationship in a Gippsland farming community. Despite his hectic schedule, Michael's found time to have a chat with us here on the road today, and it's a pleasure to introduce you to Mr Michael War. G'day Michael, and thanks for taking the time to join us on the road. No worries Andy, good to talk. Now, mate, you must be some kind of superman, maintaining a career as a teacher whilst writing, recording and touring. How do you do it? Well, you're speaking to someone who is feeling a little bleary-eyed, having just come from Sydney doing weekend warrior shows. I think it's less a case of how do I do it and more a case of how could I not do it. Yeah. I mean, I get to go out, play with friends. I get to share these songs and stories about my family predominantly that's what I do mm. and also I get to connect with people who've heard the songs from different places I mean I met this woman yesterday you know I wrote this song about my brother who's just passed away from cancer but when he was kind of battling through he had this song that he called his anthem and she shared with me that when she first heard that song she was right in the depths of her fight and that song became her anthem too and now she's cancer free and she just really wanted to hear me yeah and being able to connect with people like that who've connected to your songs and stories, that's, whew, I can't even begin to tell you how special that is. It is very special. 
But then on the other side, like I'm not one of these musicians with a day job who's waiting for the big bucks to start rolling in. <laughs> like I love what I do and I think I'm a better teacher because I'm a musician mm. and I think that I'm a better musician because I teach. So I think that they kind of work hand in hand. It's interesting you touch on that because I was just going to say that the new single he taught me in particular is so relatable. As I was listening through it, I found myself just smiling and nodding through the words as I was hearing it. And it just draws you back to what's important in life. Can you share with us a bit of the background to you writing this song? Yeah, well, my dad was a dairy farmer in East Gippsland. That's where I grew up, a place called Mafra. Mm. And he also had a wicked sense of humour, cheeky, cheeky man, Mm. a guy who kind of showed his love for his family through making jokes and sometimes, like, you know, it's the way that he also did business. It's the way that he connected with members of the community. And so he passed away in January of 2020 and I got to write the eulogy, which was a great honour to tell his story. Yeah. And part of that writing process too was about just honouring these are all the things that he taught me. I actually pulled up the eulogy and most of the lyrics are from there. But the song tries to capture Dad's voice, how he would have said some of this. Yeah. Yeah, and it certainly does. The spirit of your dad flows through that song. You almost feel like you know him. I'm glad that you said that because similar to your experience of the song where you found yourself nodding and laughing, Mm. that's kind of been my experience of when I played it live. Sometimes people nudge each other like they recognise someone in their life. I've seen a couple of women do that to their husbands and thinking, I bet that he's a bit (laughs) like my dad. Yeah. But it does feel a bit like I bring some of Johnny War's spirit into the room because he just got so much joy out of watching people laugh. Mm. And I think he would have loved the way that people responded to that song. Yeah. Now, Michael, now that the world's starting to open up again slowly but surely, Mm -hmm. what are the plans for live shows throughout the rest of 2022? The plan for live shows is for none of them to be bloody cancelled again, please. (laughs) (laughs) Fair call. I've got so many flight credits through Qantas, I can't begin to tell you. Yeah. We've got shows coming up in Brisbane and Melbourne and um, talking with people about Tasmania. Had some shows in Western Australia. Unfortunately, they're the ones that we haven't been able to do. But, yeah, look, the year is starting to open up, which is great because I released the cast, which is the record that he taught me is from. Mm. I released that record in August of 2020 with his big tour lined up and then it just got cancelled and postponed and shuffled around. And I still, well, I'm only just starting to feel how those songs land Mm. and to be able to hear and feel what people experience when they hear those songs. Like he taught me was one of the few that we did get to start playing before everything shut down. Right. But yeah, it's just about looking forward to hearing and feeling how people respond to them. The title track, The Cast, is a story song with a bit of a twist in the tail. Like I said, I was just come back from Sydney and there was this lovely moment where someone actually gasped in the middle of the song. Mm. Like when they heard the twist in the story and it was like, wow, <laughs> that's how that song lands. That's powerful. That's how it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's been a beautiful experience to get back out on the road and I just want more of that. Yeah. Well, you talk of the new album, The Cast, and it's your fourth album release since 2016. That's a lot. To say you're a prolific artist would be something of an understatement. Yeah. Shane Nicholson is a genius. I made my first record with Shane, released in 2016, Mm. and he's someone who's journeyed with me through lots of things, like I said, 
we lost dad and then six and a half weeks later we lost mum and then end of last year lost danny and he's been journeying with me through all of that all four records have been made with shane yeah he is a literal one-man band on the first record he played literally everything Mm. and it was just freakish I've seen him play drums in his underpants. I've seen him <laughs> play bass, piano, a shaker that was made out of rice in a bloody scotch bottle. He's amazing. Yeah. And more than that, he honours the stories in my songs because these stories are very personal. Mm. And he kind of builds the arrangements around them in a way that is very sensitive to making sure that nothing is trampling over those stories. Yeah. It sounds really simple and straightforward, but what he's doing is really very clever. And it then teaches me stuff back about my own songs. So I kind of come in with Bugalug's War on acoustic guitar, singing something into the voice memo on his iPhone Mm. and comes out with something that sounds like he taught me. And it's bloody brilliant. Yeah, he's a very clever man. Michael, where can our listeners go to find out more about you and your music? It's the website, mostly. Yep, because there's tour dates and can buy records and stream them and you know, read the lyrics and send me a message or whatever. Mm. I actually really love Facebook because people just jump on and they go, oh, I love that song because it reminds me of X, Y, and Z, and I love that. Yeah, But, yeah, there's lots of music videos too. Like I've made videos for, oh, I think, about 14, 15 songs now, so I'm pretty chuffed that since 2016 I've got all of these music videos and records and yeah, but I'm highly Googleable. <laughs> if you know who the cricketer is, you know how to spell my last name. That's it. Yeah, that's it. Well, our guest artist this week has been Michael War. Michael, it's been great catching up with you for yarn. Thanks for coming out to play on the road with us. To close us out, we might just take a listen to your new single. Would you please introduce it for us? Yeah, no worries. This is Michael War. I'm with Andy on the road, and this is my new single, He Taught Me. He taught me. How to start a fire How to change the gears How not to make them grind He taught me how to order Chinese food And ask them for a knife and fork When you don't know how the chopsticks work He taught me how to crack a joke Why you never pull his finger How to be a decent bloke He taught me how to steal a toddler's nose And when to put it back again That's what makes the grizzles go He taught me not to cry He taught me to be gentle How to change the subject It's too sentimental All about the way it works And how it's meant to be Humanity and humour Is what he taught to me He taught me to stand for what is true he taught me car rides full of limericks And all of them were rude He taught me how to keep a level head How to hug someone you love After there's an argument 
He told me how to work too high And how to climb through fences How to be a tight ass How to be too generous How to light the barbecue And overcook the meat Integrity and fitness Is what he taught to me final days How to give the man his dignity when his body wastes away He taught me to plaster on a smile Talk about the footy while you watch your father die He taught me when to let things go and when to fight things bravely How to hide your face When you can't keep the pain in He'd probably say to walk it off That's what a man should do So I'm learning to be tough Getting through this stuff Learning I'm enough Cause it's what he taught me this is Adam Gibson from NTI, and you're listening to On the Road with Mike and Andy. For all the latest industry news, go to www.bigrigs.com.au. G'day, Mike. Great weather for ducks up this way. How's it looking in your neck of the woods? Well, I'll tell you what, mate, you need a set of floaties and a lifeguard down here in Sydney. Man, we have had some water down here, let me tell you. Yeah. Been a few cats and dogs coming down up here too, and more to come apparently. <laughs> cats and dogs. Yeah. Oh dear. I had a story once about how it was raining men. Remember that song? Oh, I do remember that song, yeah. All right. Yeah. So what's going on, mate? Well, mate, I was at the pub the other night. Yeah. Almost the last to leave, except for one bloke who was still at the bar and clearly quite inebriated. Right. So me being me, I decided to do the neighbourly thing and offered to drive him home. Yep. And I picked him up off the floor and on the way out to my car, he fell down three times. Right. Anyway, eventually got him to his house, helped him out of the car and right. then fell down four more times before we got him to his front door. Right. So I propped him up against the veranda post, rang the doorbell and yelled out, here's your husband. <laughs> front door swung open and there stood his wife who said, thanks mate, but where's his wheelchair? <laughs> Let's get on with the news. Made in a joint submission to the Productivity Commission, Road Freight New South Wales and the ATA have tabled a comprehensive listing of recommendations to address the serious issues impacting operators at our ports. Yep. Hmm. And by serious issues, mate, what they're talking about is massive increase in costs hmm. and very, very, very little increase in productivity. Yeah. 750%, mate, she's gone up in the game there. Mm. The booking fees are up 104%, 723% increase in the cost per container over the last four years. Blimey. And empty container park fees have gone up 61% since September 2020 and no gains in productivity. Mm. It's just ridiculous the amount of money that's being charged and nothing good's coming of it. So the ATA and Road Freight for New South Wales have created this joint submission to the Productivity Commission 
you can go to the story at bigrigs.com.au and there is a link there. You can read the whole submission. And look, the story's a little bit involved, but the fact is that something does need to change as facility owners and operators, including the ports, are all part of the chain of responsibility under the heavy vehicle national law. Mm. And they need to get these things sorted out. Regulations need to be reviewed. And there's just a whole heap of common sense changes that need to be made to ease the strain on the businesses and the productivity off the port. It's just a joke. It is just a joke. They're quite startling statistics, mate. Oh, mate, it's terrible. You could almost say a bombshell revelation. <laughs> it probably was not really a bombshell revelation. We've known about it for a while. What's the bombshell is that people are happy to stand back and just admire the problem and rake the cash in. Yeah. Mate, love this one. Thousands of rats were spilled out all over the road after a truck roll over in Horsley Park this week. I wonder if they've sent in the Pied Piper to round them up. <laughs> I thought that same thing, you know, thousands of rats, but they're not the fairy kind. Uh, oh, mate, you should see the pictures. This bloke has done a sterling job. This is a gold medal effort, this is. Yeah. He's gone hooking around the corner on the off-ramp there, rolled up against the off-ramp and tripped over and rolled over the whole off-ramp. So this is like concrete divider, mm. and he speared it over the side. Oh, good. And, of course, all the rats have escaped. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to be serious. I mean... It's one of these classic accidents where the, the driver bears full responsibility because, man, I was just going too bloody hard, you know? Really? <laughs> You've got to wonder what goes on. Well, I'll tell you what, there's some pictures there. you really got to see the pictures to believe it. He's done a magnificent job. Mm. And, of course, when they've stood it up, all the rat boxes have fallen out all over the place and they've had to go and try and salvage them. Of course, they'll have to be inspected. God knows whether they can still be used or not. Walgrove Road southbound off-ramp was closed for quite some time while they recaptured the rats. Meanwhile, a couple of miles radius from there, the thousands of women were standing on their chairs screaming. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no, you can't do that joke. You're a braver man than me. Following an incident investigated by WorkSafe where injuries were sustained by a line haul driver while operating a forklift in 2017, hmm. Follomont Transport has released a new safety video as part of an enforceable undertaking directive. Yeah, these enforceable undertakings are something that seem to be happening quite a bit lately. And I suppose it's a good thing. I've had a look at the video and really it's just a video telling truck drivers with any experience what they've all known to be true for quite some time, you know. If you're out on site working on your own of a night time or a day time or any time, there's no help nearby. If it goes sideways, you're in trouble. Yeah. Never ceases to amaze me how we do end up in situations where we're doing things that are outside of our comfort zone on our own in the dark or in the rain or whatever. And it just seems to be part of the natural course of doing the job. Obviously, you develop your own little shortcuts and this bloke had taken a bit of a shortcut with some straps and got himself tangled up and ended up getting hurt. And Follamont have had to make a video about it. Mm -hmm. While I applaud the idea that there's some education out there happening and all the rest of it, simple fact of the matter is, boys and girls, drivers are still out there doing exactly what this video is about. Nothing will change as a result of this video. Is that too cynical? No, I don't think so. 
from what I saw of the story, it would appear he was almost like trying to get himself into a rodeo somewhere and <laughs> one hand driving and one hand trying to rope. And Yeah, drivers do this sort of thing. You know, you're trying to hold a strap out of the way and you're trying to buddy manipulate a forklift and you're trying to do this and you're trying to do that. Mm. I mean, they call it line haul driving in the video, which makes me laugh. Line haul driving is from depot to depot. Driver gets in with his lunchbox, drives to the next depot, gets out with his lunchbox and someone else deals with the trailer. Mm. What they're talking about is what we used to call snot carting back in the day. Right. Nothing wrong with carting snot. Nothing. As long as you've got a market to sell it to. Well, there is a market. But take a bit off here and put a bit on there. It's not line haul. Mm. Line haul is depot to depot and that's it. Yep. This is an entirely different kettle of fish. Of course, other people may have a different view. Tell me if you think I'm wrong. Please do. Love to hear from you. Yeah, come on. I'd encourage anyone to tell Mike he's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Save me the effort. <laughs> Right, heavy vehicle operators can now apply for a share of nearly $128 million in funds designed mm. to help fleets shift to new zero-emissions vehicle technology over the next four years. Yeah. Mm. Can I refer you to the story from last week? Sure. Why the hell are we subsidising the sale of new electric vehicles to big fleets? I do recall you mentioning that. Why would we be doing that? Mm. As far as I'm concerned, it's up to the truck manufacturer to make the bloody things economical enough and attractive enough for people to go and buy them. Look, I applaud all the ideas with respect to trying to save the environment. Old mate here, Darren Miller, who is the CEO of this crowd called Arena, which is the Australian Renewable Agency, launched its Future Fuels program on the weekend. They're calling this enabling infrastructure. Mm. They want to enable. Why don't they enable across the board? Why don't they enable single vehicle operators to have the same sort of benefits that some large fleet operator is going to have? Why don't they enable that? Yep. I mean, I saw this story, and it's all supposed to make us all feel good. Mm. Australia's road freight sector accounts for 38% of the country's total transport emissions. So political policy related to the conversion of this area to zero emissions technology should be a priority. Why should it? Mm. I don't understand how some people feel as though they have the right to stick their hands in the taxpayers' pockets and use that money to put into their business because they don't share their bloody profits with the taxpayers. Governments have been doing that for years, mate. It's called pork barreling, isn't it? Mm. I don't know. I don't feel all warm and fuzzy about this story. This story just makes me cranky. Mm. Australian Logistics Council CEO Brad Williams, no relation, thank God, (laughs) said the increased focus on commercial fleets was a positive development and would help the transition of low and zero emission vehicles. Mm. Okay? No worries. No relation? You sure? Absolutely positive, because if I had a... (laughs) I can't say that. (laughs) How is Uncle Brad? (laughs) How is Uncle Brad? Uh, Brad's no relation to me because if I had someone like Brad in my family, I'd probably know about it. We'd probably know about it too. You probably would. I've got no time for this sort of feel-good, buddy, green wankery. I really don't. Mm. Look, if it works, it's cost-efficient and everyone's got access, I've got no issue at all. Mm. What I do have an issue about it is that there'll be people who will get these things for next to nothing. They'll use them. They'll use them for their usable life and then they'll just pass them on they'll sell them, the profits will go into their shareholders and into their back pockets, yep. and the rest of us are left to carry the baby and we're all supposed to feel warm and fuzzy. Well, I don't. Sorry. Well, if you've got no time for it, we better stop talking about it. Now, rumour has it you've got something additional you'd like to throw in. I do have something additional, mate. I was surfing around the internet, as I often want to do. Yes. 
And I came across this story which just proves that the driver shortage is the same for everyone around the world. It's not just us, Mm. it's everyone. Mm. And you really have to wonder what's going on. So there's a trucking CEO in the US and he's saying hiring drivers is impossible unless you grow your own. (laughs) Now, remember when we talked about this a while ago and I said, if you go and train drivers, then once you give them the skills, then... This bloke calls it a buffet has opened up before them. Yeah. Everyone wants to become a truck driver. Well, mate, if he's growing his own, everyone would want to go and drive for him. <laughs> You'd want to go to the buffet if you're growing your own, wouldn't you? <laughs> oh, dear, Eddie. Yeah. Some states in the US, that's legal, you know. I know. Yeah. Right. No, no. Right. <laughs> Moving right along. <laughs> you're just speechless, mate. That's me speechless. Yeah. Oh, dear. This company this bloke owns called PDL, it's based in Milwaukee, Hmm. and he said that he has 100 unfilled loads every week because he doesn't have enough drivers. Yeah. That's a lot. He's got to the point now where he's got to grow his own drivers in order to get them to where they are, and hiring new drivers is not really an option. He said that it doesn't solve the issue. There are insurance issues. So this is from Overdrive magazine. Hmm. Yeah, If you're interested, go and have a look. But the new drivers, here's the key thing. The average pay for a new long-distance driver in the US is 68000 a year, mm. and they do 10 hours a day or something. Yep. They don't do anything near what we do, and they're getting 68000 US a year. Yeah. Something to think about. Yeah, it is indeed. That's it for me, mate. That's all I've got. So I've got a thought for the week for you, Mike. Have you? If you find political jokes offensive, mm. stop electing them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. We all know when they're lying because their lips are moving. Yep, that's how you know. All right, mate. All right, mate. Well, we've got a brand new sponsor coming on board next week. Yep, we do. Very exciting. Very, very exciting. All right, mate. You have a good one. Keep your head above water. Yeah, well, it's going to be a little bit difficult. I'm looking out in my backyard at the moment, mate, and there's ducks out there, so. Mm. Credence wrote a song about that. <laughs> they did. I'm pretty sure they did. <laughs> All right. Spot you later, dude. See you, mate. On the Road News is brought to you by Big Rigs, Australia's national road transport newspaper. G'day, guys. It's Tone from Tone's Trucking Stories here and Truck Wiz. And you can now listen to the On the Road podcast on the Australian Big Rig Road Show via the Truck Wiz app. Download it from the App Store right now. We've had Andrea Hamilton Vaughan on the show before talking about fatigue and how important it is to get a power nap and all that sort of stuff. It's coming up to fatigue week and I thought, hmm, I need to get Andrea back. We need to talk about it some more. So Andrea Hamilton Vaughan, welcome back. How are you? I'm well, thank you, Mike, and I appreciate being invited back to your wonderful program. (laughs) Oh, look, flattery will get you everywhere. (laughs) The check's in the mail, mate, all right? Okay. Mate, you've been doing some great work out there. You've got some videos and things that are going. They're all up on the website for everyone to go and have a look at. Do you want to just let everyone know where the website is for that and then we can get onto the other stuff? All right. I'd like you to visit powernap.org.au. That's our new driver fatigue website. And you will see our videos, our social media posts on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. 
it's most important that you guys like them, but also retweet and share them. Yeah. And that's really important in getting the message out there. But also it improves our reach in the algorithm, which is the digital media space from Facebook and Instagram. Yeah. So I know a lot of people have been liking them because 300,000 people have seen the new one already in a week. Yeah. But we need those 300,000 people to like it and then share it to somebody else. Yeah, that's the way it works, isn't it? If you share it, and it gets seen by a lot more people. It's very, very, very important. If you like it, please share it. I appreciate that. So National Driver Fatigue Week, which is part of the PowerNap campaign, is on between the 21st to the 27th of February this year. Yeah. And I'm busily sitting here writing another funding application for the National Heavy Vehicle Regulator for next year. So we'll keep our fingers crossed. Well, I'll tell you what, don't forget to write in a bit for advertising on the show, will you? <laughs> well, we advertise so maybe we should i don't know i mean i'll have to talk to the national heavy vehicle regulator about that sort of thing but oh you never know your luck in a big city i'll tell you what though it's very very important to get the message out truckies are a bit hard to reach they're sitting in the cab driving they're not picking up the paper and having a look while they're driving along but listen, what I wanted to talk about more than anything when I got you back on the show here this time is getting some of these things on the backs of the trucks. And I think you had someone who was going to do it for you and then all of a sudden they've shut the doors. What happened there? Oh, look, it was a shame. Burt's and Dwyer's were going to put them on the back of their trucks and close their doors. And another company too that was going to do it have closed their doors. Hmm. But the vinyl messaging on the back of the trucks, which you'll see on social media, hmm. is a really important key in the driver fatigue management story. Because if you're seeing the social media post saying, you know, take a 15, 20-minute power nap to beat your driver fatigue when you're struggling to keep your eyes open is one thing. But some people won't take any notice of that social media. Yeah. When you're out on the road and actually driving and you're starting to feel tired mm. and you see that on the back of a truck mm. and don't forget we've got the branded messaging on the takeaway coffee cups at key roadhouses, mm. it's going to make an impression you're going to say, oh, okay, yeah, I did see that on social media. Maybe I do need to pull over. Yeah. And you won't necessarily go through all that little thought process that I've just articulated, but that's what actually happens. And it's great for the heavy vehicle industry to be part of the solution. We need about 40 trucks. That's what we're funded for. It's costing the heavy vehicle operators absolutely nothing. Yep. It will not interrupt their schedules because the trucks come in. We know when the trucks come in, and this is what we had planned to do. The installers come in at that time and put them on and takes about an hour. Yeah. And then you're right to go. Right. So it's basically just like a vinyl sticker that just goes on the back doors of a fridge van or a tort liner or something like that. And actually, we've had some companies ask us for curtains, but we haven't got the funding for it at this stage. Yeah. Some curtains would look really super fantastic, but yeah. we'll have to see what happens in the future. Yeah, sure. I'm hoping to go to the Road Freight for New South Wales' conference in April hmm. and the Australian Trucking Association conference on the Gold Coast and see if I can meet some owners I'm having a bit of trouble getting through to the right people to make the decisions. Yeah, that's always the hard part, yeah. 
Yes, it is, but that's my job and I've just got to make that happen. Hmm. But this social media campaign at the moment has kicked a few boxes for a lot of people because they're watching it for over 20 seconds and in social media, that's excellent. Yeah, People are taking notice and we're aiming this particular one at the heavy vehicle industry. So that's very, very positive. Yeah, well, we're taking fatigue fairly seriously in the heavy vehicle industry now with all the technology and that in the cab, like you're seeing machines and similar things. Yeah. Fatigue is one of those accidents that we have. As I said in the show the other week, I was having tea at the ops with a friend of mine who's all over the statistics. And I said, you know, what's killing us? And he said, you are. And I was a bit surprised. He said, well, you are and people that look like you. And what he's talking about is the fact that we have these fatigue accidents you know, you run off the road, put it into the scenery, and there's no intervention from you. You know, you run into the structures, the trees, buildings, road furniture, and all that sort of stuff at full throttle, and it doesn't usually end well. And of course, then there's the other things like inappropriate speed rollovers and traveling too close and all that. So it's, it's us doing it to us. But fatigue is the big one because that's the one that seems to climb us. It's one of the three big killers on our road. Yeah. If you're asleep, you can't put your foot on the brake. That's right. That's right. And a power nap, I mean, you can tell me, how much is a big double worth? Oh, well, depends on where you start. You're not going to get much change out of a million for a big Camworth and some trailers. <laughs> okay. If you're a heavy vehicle operator and your driver's driving a, a million-dollar truck mm. and he needs to stop for a 15-, 20-minute power nap, it is in your best interest as a truck operator to allow him to do that. Well, few people say to me, oh, our bosses won't allow us to do that. Mm. And with driving fatigue, you can't stop it. Mm. Once you get to that part where you're struggling to keep your eyes open, Mm. there is nothing you can do other than stop and shut your eyes for 20 minutes. Yeah. And we wouldn't have all these driver fatigue fatalities if people knew that they could take a power nap. And this is what this first phase of this campaign is. One, to tell the public and the drivers that once you're struggling to keep your eyes open, Hmm. you're going to fall into a micro-sleep. The only solution at that point is a 15, 20-minute power nap. Yeah, that's right. You can do all the other things. And, of course, prevention is always better than cure. Hmm. Have a good night's sleep. Have a stop for every two hours. Hmm. But it's my understanding that truck drivers are not able to stop every two hours. Well. When they stop, they need to make the best of that break. I know I like to pull up for a little bit of a nana nap about 3 o'clock in the afternoon. It sort of sorts me out for the rest of the workday. Nana nap at 3 o'clock, 3 to 5 is probably the biggest crash time of the day across the board for all vehicles. Yeah. I can't say about heavy vehicles off the top of my head, but 3 to 5 is the driver fatigue red light. Yeah. We can't escape our physiology, can we, Andrew? No, and that's why the power nap is so important. Mm. Because it terminates before deep sleep. So all the science tells us it refreshes you, it revitalizes you, it improves your situation awareness and alertness. That's why it's so important. You don't want to sleep for two hours because then you're in a deep sleep, etc. And that may have other problems for you. We're talking about the 15 to 20 minute power nap. Right. So... Driver Fatigue Week, the 21st to the 27th of February. Yes. 
And what I would like all your listeners to do mm-hmm. is to go on to the Orange and Cabon Road safety page on Facebook yeah. or follow us on Twitter and Instagram and just like those videos and share them. Yep. Because the person you share, you may be saving their life in the future. That's right. And if you're a truck owner, please feel free to contact Andrea Hamilton Vaughan. How can they get hold of you, mate? Well, I'm at Orange Council, but you can find me on Twitter or Orange and Cabon Road Safety page on Facebook. Just contact me and, you know, direct message me or whatever. Ask some of the other drivers. They know my different platforms that I'm on. I really would like to see some trucks with this messaging on the back. You will be surprised just how much of a difference it makes. And as I said, it doesn't cost you anything. Yep. They look really good. I've seen the pictures of the graphics. It does look pretty good. It's very simple. We kept it simple on purpose. Yeah. And also visit our PowerNap website. And if you answer the driver fatigue quiz on our website, hmm. you can go into the draw for a $500 fuel voucher. Oh, wow. Okay. No worries. That sounds good. And it's one of those things that you can keep doing it until you get it right. <laughs> I'll keep doing it until I win. Well, I don't know how that works. <laughs> I suppose you could put in more than one entry. I mean, I don't think we've stopped anyone doing that. Mm. But anyhow, yes, we're going to have more competitions and that to make it interactive. Yeah. I wanted to do a competition for every truck is bows yeah. to just get the ladies at home discussing driver fatigue and power naps with their better when they're at home mm. to keep that conversation going about driver fatigue. Now, the campaign will go for 12 months. We're contracted for 12 months. So we'll be out there all the time putting out new audiovisual messages so people don't forget about it. Look, driver fatigue is something we cannot just talk about it for a week or a fortnight and then go away. Yep. We need to talking about this conversation. Because you can not be fatigued for four days of the week, but on the fifth day, you might get tired for whatever reasons. Yep. And it happens to all of us. It only takes one power nap. Thanks for coming on the show, Andrea. Thank you for having me. You're entirely welcome, mate. We'll catch up down the track. All right. Thanks for that. Bye for now. G'day, it's James Johnston here, and you're listening to On The Road with Mike and Andy. Ah, yes, James Johnston. We had a chat with James a few weeks ago and debuted his new single. This week, to take us out, here's another of James' brilliant songs. It's called Raised Like That. Singing out about broken hearts Raised up on 40 acres at the end of an older track And I wouldn't be who I am right now if I wasn't raised like that no. 
our show for this week thanks for coming along for the ride on the road is proudly brought to you by nti australia's leading transport and logistics insurer be sure to join us again next week when mike says oh, i'm just finding me bits and pieces and he says look at that it works and our guest says i'm hearing you i know exactly what's going on until we catch up with you again next week play nice with each other and most of all stay safe out there bye for now the team here at On The Road believe in the right to free speech, and whilst we might not always be in agreement with the views of our guests and contributors, we support their right to hold and express those opinions. Sneaking into small town bars Raised up on country songs Singing out about broken hearts Raised up on 40 acres At the end of an older track And I wouldn't be who I am right now If I wasn't raised like that Raised up on Friday night Sneaking into small